Welcome to the Management Insights Podcast Series hosted by McGraw-Hill. My name is Debbie Clare, Executive Marketing Manager for our Management Portfolio. Today's topic, Tips for Online Course Design. Our guest, Elena Ibraeva. Thanks for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Debbie. I teach at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, and I'm an associate professor of practice at the Department of Management. I really enjoy teaching online classes and have about 20 years of experience in online teaching. I recently received two MBA distance teaching awards, which were voted by all of our distance graduate students. Great. So let's dive in on this hot topic because we know online course development and design is at the front of mind for many folks. What tips can you share for building a learning community for online courses? Debbie, I recently read a book by Gary Hamill, What Matters Now. And in his book, he talks how uh, companies should imitate internet and bake the values of openness, transparency, and meritocracy into their culture. And that was really an aha moment for me because I thought to myself that at least I can do it for my classes. So now I use discussion format for most of my online assignments. So students are asked to read and respond to papers of other groups and students throughout the semester, asking questions and comments. Students get to know each other, they share knowledge, and they have opportunity to build professional networks. One benefit of having students post and view each other's work is that they learn from each other. The highest quality work attracts the most comments and attention, which sets a good example and raises the bar for other students. I find that by involving students in informal evaluation of others' work, the quality of work of the entire class goes up. For example, in my online leadership in a global context class, every group researches one of the 10 globe clusters and shares their content page with the rest of the class. Students are incentivized to study the pages of other groups because they are asked to post their comments and questions to the pages of other groups, and this allows students to learn about the whole world. Also, it builds a great learning community. So it's about peer-to-peer learning is what you're saying, and the students step up their game because they want to give good feedback and also learn from others. How do you guide your students through that online course? I actually uh, met, uh, do you think, a former geography professor from Oklahoma who wrote a book uh, about the significant learning, and he developed a significant learning six elements, and one of these six elements is teach your students how to learn. So especially in an online class, you have to make sure that your assignment descriptions and rubrics are very specific enough so that students, upon reading your syllabus, knows exactly what to do and is is set up to succeed in that assignment. So my syllabi are usually quite long 
13 to 15 pages. But the benefit of that is that throughout the course, I receive very few questions from students on how to do something. That is a good testament that the syllabus is specific enough to equip students for success. Also, if you want uh, them to use outside resources, make a list of very good sources to use. For example, Business Week, Economist, TED Talks, NPR. If you want students to use a certain tool in the course, such as record a video or use a software, then make sure that you have a guide uh, that uh, teaches students how to start using that video so that students do not feel stuck. Like, for example, this summer, I started to use Adobe Spark videos, and then I asked our technology specialist to develop a, a video for the students, a tutorial, an example video, so that students actually know what to do and are not afraid to learn new technology. So what you've done is you've given them very structured, detailed notes so that they have that information in depth, as well as given them some training tools or, or learning resources to get them going to make them feel more confident. Would that be a correct statement? Yes. And so that there is a lot of advanced work uh, when you do an online class. And every detail has to be thought through and have to be considered. But then um, it kind of is, is very helpful to the professor because they can improve each semester. And uh, students are very happy when they are taught uh, how to learn. And so what are the building blocks of an effective course design? Debbie, I wanted to share with you that I, I'm very inspired by two uh, professors, uh, Michelle Miller, who wrote the book Minds Online, and she talks in her book how to uh, design effective online courses, and three of her suggestions are retrieval, transfer, and multimedia. So retrieval and transfer. We are asking students to connect the studied concept to their own life and also ask them how they could apply what they learned in their own lives and careers. This stimulates deep processing and internalizes the knowledge. For example, in my online applied organizational behavior class, students read a book about OKRs, objectives and key results, a goal-setting exercise that is used by Google and Intel. And then I ask them to create their own career OKRs. Students have told me that after undergoing this exercise, they started to use OKRs in their own organization. So this is a very good example of retrieval and transfer. Another element that uh, Michelle Miller recommends is multimedia. Adding multimedia resources to your course, such as links to online videos, podcasts, graphs, articles, enriches student experience. So we're not engaging only the thinking mind of our students, but we are engaging the whole person. Students learn in different ways. Some of them are visual learners. Some learn better through listening, others through reading. 
So by adding and incorporating many types of conveying knowledge, you give them the opportunity for every type of learner to be fully engaged. In my classes, I use concept maps. I uh, ask my guest speakers, business people, entrepreneurs to record video, and then I use these videos in the class. I have an assignment which is called Video Club where students do not read a book or articles, but they actually watch videos by the best experts in a discipline. And then they look for commonalities and write uh, papers about that, um, about these concepts. Um, Khalil Remy, he is a math professor from uh, University of Colorado. And at one of the teaching conferences recently, he came up with this idea of building blocks for an effective course design. And he used an analogy of um, Lego blocks so that uh, some of these Lego blocks that he recommends is um, open infrastructure, boundary spanning, experimentation, relevance, partnership, and curiosity. And so, for example, open infrastructure would mean that instead of recording your own video about self-efficacy, you can use a video on self-efficacy recorded by Albert Bandura, the leading expert uh, on self-efficacy. A boundary spanning means that we uh, select a topic that is new, something, uh, something interdisciplinary. So where, when you are going outside of your discipline for a given purpose. In my applied organizational behavior class, I introduced an assignment about mindfulness. And so that is uh, an example of this boundary spanning uh, concept. And this area is traditionally um, outside traditional organizational behavior topics, but is of growing interest and application to the business world. For example, Google has invited experts on mindfulness to give talks as a way to introduce these ideas to their employees. Some of the most interesting and groundbreaking topics, such as mindfulness in the discipline of management, often grow out of adjacent disciplines. So by not being afraid to explore such ideas, you introduce students to fresh ideas that are growing in importance in the actual business world. And uh, Khalil Remy, he also encourages you know, experimentation, relevance, and partnerships with businesses and business speakers. So by uh, making sure that your class has uh, some of these key building blocks, that's how we assure that we have a very effective, engaging, uh, and an excellent uh, online class. Any last words of advice for your peers? Uh, Debbie, when I introduced the topic of mindfulness in my applied organizational behavior class, I was naturally uh, scared, but it's, it's just amazing how my uh, graduate online students were really ready and craving for such type of an assignment. 
they were immediately able to recognize the practical importance of mindfulness, the uh, multiple benefits that they can uh, get from mindfulness process. And they were introduced to the uh, rapidly growing research on uh, results and outcomes on mindfulness. So I think it was uh, a very great addition to my uh, applied organizational uh, behavior class. And it's uh, only because I was not intimidated to do something new, to experiment with the class design. So trying things new is what is kind of a core recommendation you have. You know, don't worry about uh, exploring something and, and implementing something new in your classroom. Absolutely. And also engaging the joy of learning, that uh, curiosity, that, um, and, uh, and of course, especially the graduate students, they're very, very highly motivated uh, to, to learn. Uh, but it also can be used in an undergraduate class because uh, most of the undergraduate students also are very curious uh, and um, <clears throat> enjoy intrinsic learning. Well, thank you for sharing your perspective, experience, and advice. To our listeners, check back for future topics and spread the word to your colleagues about our podcast series. Why? Because learning changes everything.